0: Thank you.
1: again queen is dead
0: (laughs) are you are you hedging your bets now
1: yeah i'm just gonna keep saying it eventually it'll be true
0: (laughs) this is what happens when we record things early and it it, uh yeah it incentivizes you to make predictions for the future
1: yeah i'm like this podcast chris (laughs) well i've got so much to to say from the world of tomorrow yeah. The world of tomorrow, oh, there was a body we forgot last week, oh, yeah, most of the British government kind of just like collapsed, like, oh yeah, they like all resigned, <laughs> uh, and I'm still not sure why I don't exactly like there have been a bunch of like I don't keep up with a ton of British politics, but they've been in some real hot water, the Tories who are uh kind of like I guess the posh bad guys of Britain <laughs> uh. Just been partying and just fucking around a lot, but I don't think any of that's what triggered this. And I'm not 100 percent sure what happened. That
0: I think somebody appointed somebody who had some sort of controversy about sexual assault or something. I don't know that somebody
1: told that me that, that was that something you had that had I girlfriend that looked like a boyfriend. <laughs> Is that what happened?
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't actually know. I like. Heard half a hint of something and never investigated it more?
1: No, we have our own collapsing country to handle.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, Great Britain. Uh, Good luck.
1: Yeah, Godspeed. Um, One day, the Queen will be dead. (laughs) Unless, (laughs) Unless she has the nine lives of a wet pussy.
0: That's right, and then she'll perhaps have as many as eight lives left
1: oh no <laughs> she's gonna help <outlive> with me
0: <laughs> No, that'd be the nine lives of a dry pussy
1: mm. yeah i don't know when the last time she got action was it's probably been a while i would imagine
0: i don't, I don't know it, it makes me wonder
1: i think that they're using dark spells to keep her alive
0: <laughs> that would make a lot of sense yes
1: I don't know why. I don't know what the, they—they'd get a new one. It's not like you have to keep the same. like that's—you don't have to just have the same queen all the time, right? If she died, if she dies, she dies. <laughs> you know, you I, get a new one. That's the—that's the thing. That's why you have—that's the whole thing, right?
0: I guess so. I don't know. They're
1: royal. And there's there's people. They have children. And the children take over. They would have a king. It wouldn't have a queen. I don't know how it works.
0: I don't know. There, I think there's a line of succession, but I don't know in what order it is or really enough about most of them to really draw any conclusions that would matter.
1: They have a minister of leveling up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, because they love video games. <laughs> so, <laughs> that so makes much. sense. Yes. <laughs> but... Since that country's just gone now. Right. uh, We should stop talking about them and start talking about an Abel Ferrara classic.
0: Yes. uh, So, Abel Ferrara, the uh, loved and
1: uh, adored... Brandon has just been shot.
0: (laughs) All right, now. (laughs) All right, now. Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy... Was uh, Abel Ferrara's first film the uh, famed director of Driller Killer, amongst many others?
1: Yeah. Uh, Miss, Miss Forty Five. Yeah. Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did a black and white vampire film that I can't remember the title. The Addiction. Of. The Addiction. Yes.
0: Um. uh King of New York, I believe, with Christopher Walken. Excellent. I haven't seen most of them.
1: That's okay. I would say he's probably one of the bigger directors that we found. Yeah, and uh, this was his directorial debut.
0: Yes, as far as like a full length film is concerned, this was his first completed movie, uh, and predates Driller Killer by about three years. So yeah, but <laughs> it definitely has a different feeling from his next movie.
1: It definitely does. It is a uh, it's a film. It's a pornographic film. That's a kind of ambitious. In it a way is. that uh, a lot of debut pictures by uh, adult directors usually aren't. Um, I would say it's a bit more artful than the William Lustig film we saw. I okay, think. yeah. I think, that, but the story wise, I think it gets a bit more ambitious. It's a pretty interesting little film, to paraphrase Boss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, we also get a. Uh acting appearance by abel ferrara
1: we do as
0: uh, as as he would appear in his next movie as well
1: mm-hmm. and this one kind of had a similar i think fate as take it out and trade where it got kind of cut up a yeah. little bit like as it got sent around to different distributors like uh the distributors would cut out like their favorite sex scenes from the prince and then just send them on <laughs> um so you would just it was apparently hard to find in its full uh for a little while. So uh I'm glad that we are dusting off a classic. We've got a big big old film reel. It looks like an old big old pizza. <laughs> I go <laughs> and blow on it like an old Nintendo cartridge and I find a an naval Ferrara film. Beautiful. Yeah. And... I didn't find it. Oh. I did find it to be quite enjoyable. Okay, that's I, good enough. But I didn't find the film itself. <laughs> um you want to say anything?
0: Well, I will say that most of the actors and actresses in this film were in nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few that had additional roles in some of Abel Ferrara's movies, and a, a few that had like a role here and there in other stuff as well. Um, I think this is the only appearance in a pornographic movie for... I looked, and I think it was like almost everybody, except for Tony Richards, who... Uh, had quite a run on adult films, but yeah, this is mostly a cast of uh people making their film debuts and what a film to debut in. Mm-hmm. It's uh sort of heady, sort of uh metaphysical,
1: <laughs> yeah. It has a bit of that to it in a way that's a little confusing,
0: but at the end of the day, it's really about two women in love.
1: It's a good thing we have nine lives to spend figuring it out. Yeah,
0: because it doesn't seem like they're going to get it figured out on the first one.
1: No. Us either.
0: No, we're <laughs> we're down quite a road at this point.
1: Yeah. There's well, no just, real saving it. Well, let's uh, take a quick break and walk a couple miles down the road. And okay. see where we are when we come back.
0: That sounds good.
1: Maybe we'll have gotten it.
0: We'll get it, and then we'll come back.
1: We'll get it. We'll bring it to you. We'll... Present it to you on a plate, and we'll say, Here to you, like a big pizza, is Abel Ferrara's Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. <laughs> controller was backwards
0: yeah it was it was in a interesting time where we were still figuring out controllers
1: yeah i'm glad they all decided eventually that it was time to go wireless
0: yeah that was cool
1: yeah you don't have to be close to the tv you don't have to uh like trip your parents if they're walking by and they get mad at you
0: you know in uh japan the original nintendo the controllers were wired to the system and they were only like three or four feet long, so you had to basically... It was designed for you to be sitting on the floor in front of the yeah. TV to play. Sure. Uh, but in America, we had longer cables, thankfully.
1: Yeah, well, that's what makes us the land of the free. <laughs> <laughs> the length of our cables. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was... When you said they were wired to the system, I was like, man, I bet this electrocuted a bunch of little Japanese kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was the problem, thankfully. Okay,
1: that's good. I was (laughs) concerned that was going to be like they just fried them where they sat.
0: (laughs) They sneeze at the wrong time. It just hits some exposed like junction and fries
1: everything. (laughs) Yeah, your kid's gone. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of lightning on a summer's day. Takes out a whole apartment block. Of children.
0: <laughs> do you count your children by apartment block?
1: Yeah, that's the best way to count them. <laughs> I usually, do I assume there's two children per apartment, and then I just multiply by how many apartments there are in a block. That's how many children there are. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how we got on that.
0: Uh, so- I know we were
1: talking about the Dreamcast, but let's talk about <laughs> pornography instead.
0: Well, there wasn't any pornography on the Dreamcast, unfortunately.
1: No, there was some on the they had a PS2 game. I think it was like a nude BMX game.
0: Yeah, BMX XXX. It wasn't really pornography, but I think there were some videos of uh, topless strippers that you could unlock.
1: Yeah, and I, mean, I think
0: there may have been like a cheat to unlock where you could like ride around as a topless woman on the BMX.
1: That sounds pretty tight.
0: But uh, the XXX marketing was a bit overblown. yeah. Well, but, you
1: know, that's that's gimmicks for you. Yeah.
0: yeah, but who didn't need a gimmick was Abel Ferrara in uh, 1976 when he unleashed upon the world Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. That's true. Uh it was also called Nine Lives of a Wet Pussycat, which I want to make a note of because that's probably what I'll put on the episode title.
1: It also had the working title of White Women. Uh, white, white Women. White Women? White Women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, It had a couple different titles, uh, but those are, yeah, those are the ones I mostly remember. And I was uh, was like, yeah, there are a lot of white women in this. (laughs) There are.
0: Well, so, Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy opens with some trippy music and some out-of-focus shots, and we move on to a woman getting her breast massage. The massage migrates south as we see some credits. We cut to a close-up blowjob. If there's one thing this movie has... It's a lot of close-up oral sex. We zoom out and see that this couple is 69ing. The music gets real festive and jazzy in a 70s way. We cut between a few close-ups of the BJ and some wide shots. Uh, we don't see the reciprocal oral sex, unfortunately, although no. we see them in the position for it in wide shots.
1: Classic sexist stable Ferrara. <laughs>
0: We see some stroking as well as uh, she goes back to blowing the guy. And then we cut to a horse stable where this uh, action is apparently taking place. It's here that we listen to the first letter from Pauline. It starts with, Dear Gypsy. She tells us that she woke up and went straight to the stable, noting that she's having an affair with the stable boy. She notes he's young, beautiful, and quiet. We see the stable boy fucking Pauline missionary now. Uh, She's got a strand of hay noticeably in her pubes.
1: Yes. Uh, I want to roll back just a second. When the woman, whoever's fucking in the first scene, the oral sex, she has a little Coke spoon necklace.
0: (laughs) I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah. Um, And he has a cross necklace. So he's a good Christian and she's a bad Coke fiend (laughs) and um, corrupting her. She's corrupting him.
0: Yes. Uh, Just like Eve with the apple.
1: Just like Eve with the apple. Just like Wakefield Pool taught us women are to blame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that message was, right? I think so. Okay. I'm not going to think about it too much. I'm going to think about white women.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She talks about losing her mind when he fucks her. I feel like I could come forever, she says. It's all I can do not to scream out and wake everyone. We continue to see this pipe getting laid for quite some time with some close-ups of her facial reactions and uh, some close-up penetration shots. This continues for a bit with her speaking French to him as he's railing her. The music ends after a while and some horse sounds kick in. She says, Then when he comes, when he comes, oh god, I love it when he comes, we see the stable boy pull out and come. Pauline ends saying Gypsy needs to learn to love men again as we transition to Gypsy reading this letter out loud.
1: It's kind of a rude thing to write to your friend, I think. Yes. (laughs) Gypsy would agree.
0: Indeed she would. Gypsy says Pauline is really just a child. All she does is have intercourse all day long and write her letters. This is her way of saying I'm there with you. Gypsy takes a big draw off her huge, ornate pipe. She says all she has are the letters and the opium.
1: <laughs> I wish I had some opium.
0: I'm happy you don't. You don't need any opium in your life.
1: I would love to just recline on like a, a sofa <laughs> with an opium pipe while we record this podcast. <laughs> it would be quite delightful.
0: Gypsy leans back and starts talking to Pauline.
1: I would wear a yellow silk suit. Yeah, she... (laughs) And I would have this long pipe full of opium. (laughs) And one of your cats would light it for me, I believe. (laughs) That'd be cute. That would be cute. Yeah. So let's get me some opium.
0: (laughs) We're going to need some more patrons at patreon.com slash raincoat report if you're going to start smoking opium while we record.
1: Hmm. (laughs) you you, you heard him folks let's make this dream come to life we're gonna have to send that cat to school to teach him how to use a lighter
0: (laughs) Gypsy starts talking to the camera but talking to Pauline she asks have you ever imagined your men have had me as they've had you have you guessed yet why I know your lovers so well you could never guess my simple passionate Pauline she's very antagonistic here
1: yeah opium makes her very antagonistic and cryptic
0: (laughs) she says i share my moments with you i live my loves with you but not with your consent not with your knowledge the time will come when you know it and you'll want it but the time is not yet here we see gypsy playing with herself as we fade to a scene outside We see Pauline and her husband, David, get into a fancy car and a driver takes off with them. We get another voiceover from Pauline. She mentions David, her husband, isn't talking to her like usual. By now, that doesn't matter much to her. He wouldn't tell her where they were going today, unfortunately. She notes they still make love when he's not snorting coke and making love to his mistresses. She notes he can keep fucking and never lose his heart on, but his detachment drives her crazy. We see a gas station with a guy standing outside, and the car pulls in there. The driver asks the attendant there for a fill-up, and the attendant starts to do his job as Pauline is watching him intently. Pauline tells her husband she has to go to the restroom, so David asks the attendant if there's a restroom, and he says there is, so... The attendant offers to get the key, and he hands it to Pauline after she uh, gets out of the car and uh, heads to the bathroom. We cut to inside the bathroom, and we hear a toilet flushing, and Pauline looks at herself in the mirror, does not wash her hands, and then uh, some energetic guitar kicks in. Mm -hmm. The attendant opens up the door, and she pulls him in. She pulls off his shirt, unbuttons his pants, and pulls them down and starts to blow him. Yes. We get a quick cut to David in the car, and then we cut back to the attendant fucking Pauline as she sits back on the sink. After a bit, he's holding her in the air as he's fucking her to some rock and guitar.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of piano in it, too. Yeah. It really fucking rules. It's a perfect distillation of uh, mid-70s uh, piano rock. Yeah. Uh, this is a better bathroom scene, I think, than the one in Top Guns. It doesn't disgust me by having the woman lick the mirror. <laughs> yeah. It's much shorter. I don't know if any actual penetration occurs. I yeah. I feel like watching it, it feels like a lot of it was like clothed in a way that I'm not sure if any actually occurred or not. I don't remember like any like shots of the balls.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but at the end he's naked.
1: He is naked.
0: But I'm—I would say that the shot that they have here is kind of a wide shot, and you mm-hmm. don't really get a good look at the penetration. So yeah. it could have been faked.
1: Yeah, but I do think it's one of the more interesting sequences in the film. Yeah, uh, to my mind, I like the combination of the music and the the over-the-top sex and everything that's going on. I like how green the bathroom is. Yeah. It's. Um, <laughs> It's delightful to the eyes. The senses come <laughs> in, 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 in with satisfaction. You know? Yes. You read your senses just come? I'm not sure. Like, you ever see something like you're just like you look at it and your eyes feel refreshed. <laughs> like, you know, like you feel like you've seen enough, but also feel really relaxed. Okay. Or hear a piece of music, it does the same thing, you're like, oh shit, but then you're like you actually do come in your pants a little bit because <laughs> like the riff is so good. <laughs> I don't
0: I don't know if that's exactly happened to me.
1: Well let I me mean, you wanna enroll in like one of my courses at the Raincoat Institute? <laughs> Doing kind of like a tantric uh like senses kind of coming thing.
0: <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next Patreon episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll take you deep into the heart of uh, kind of building like a cult. (laughs) It's pretty great. You should really just come check it out one night. (laughs) We usually do it like on a Wednesday. Oh, good. Yeah. It's hump day. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know that. I haven't told them that. I'm like psychologically like prepping them, priming them for it. (laughs) eventually they'll want they'll get it and it'll just be like and they'll be under my command (laughs) then i'll send them to kill (laughs) i
0: didn't realize we were escalating that far well you've gone full manson
1: yeah (laughs) thank you for your generous donations do you want to talk about this movie again
0: So, yeah, this bathroom fuck continues for a bit, and then we cut back to Gypsy, who's masturbating. Uh, We cut to Pauline, and she appears naked in this white light room as uh, Pauline is moaning in the overdubbed audio. We get lots of close-ups of Pauline's face and muff and some shots of her tits as she uh, moves in different positions and gyrates. We cut back to Gypsy seemingly having an orgasm and then cut back to Pauline leaving the gas station bathroom, uh, leaving the naked attendant in there. We see Gypsy draw some tarot cards, laying out three cards, as she notes, in the Hungarian fashion.
1: That's how Dracula would do it.
0: (laughs) It is. That's a good point. You're right. (laughs) Uh, So she pulls three cards, the Empress, the Emperor, and the Devil. Ah. She says that she knew she'd draw these, after all, she knows Pauline. She talks about Pauline's uh, great-grandmother coming over from the old country. Then we see an old man reading
1: some Bible story. Is the old man, is the old country Hungary?
0: I don't know, maybe.
1: They do it in the Hungarian style. Well,
0: this is Pauline's background, not Gypsy's background.
1: That's true. But it's something to think about.
0: I mean, perhaps. We don't know what the old country is, and for all intents and purposes, it's could hungry. be hungry.
1: It is an old country.
0: It is. So, yeah, <laughs> we see an old man reading a story. Is this a Bible story?
1: Yes, this is... Um, you've heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah?
0: I know that it's a thing.
1: Okay, well... What is some guy? I don't quite know what his whole deal is. He's married to a woman. He's got a couple daughters. They go into Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, or they go to Sodom. I don't know. They go to one of the cities. They can't go to both, obviously. I think there might be like a river between them. Okay. I wasn't there. <laughs> okay. Uh, some angels come to visit them, and then like all the men in Sodom are like banging on the door, They're, like they want. I think Basically, the idea is that they, at least how it was taught to me, was they wanted to, like, rape the angels. Uh, It's kind of used as, like, a justification, like, against homosexuality, more or less.
0: Oh, okay. But
1: uh, God's judgment destroys the city. Uh, Lot's wife looks back, even though God said not to, and she turns into a pillar of salt.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh,
1: So, those cities are wiped out. She's salted. Uh, Lot and his daughters go live in a cave. Okay. And then uh you get this story.
0: Yes, so uh apparently uh Lot's two daughters uh lie with him.
1: Yes, biblically. Um, they know him. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's what happens. And that was something I learned in I think like freshman year of high school, and I was like, oh. I, like, I don't know if all <laughs> this is on the up and up.
0: <laughs> uh so this what we're seeing is Pauline's great grandfather and her grandmother and her, I guess, great aunt, her grandmother's sister. Yes. Um, we see the great grandfather yelling at the youngins at the table as they're bringing him more wine. Uh, he finally gets trashed on wine and passes out at the table. Mm-hmm. So the girls drag him off and into bed.
1: Yeah, it's exactly like they learned from the Bible. Yes. That's what you're You're teaching your kids. You send them to Catholic school.
0: Yeah, they're going to turn out like Jeremy.
1: Yeah. Look at me.
0: (laughs) Just look at him.
1: Well, don't look. You can't look at me. (laughs) But hear my cry. (laughs)
0: Ugh. (laughs) I don't like it. Gypsy says in narration, They knew by instinct what they had to do. They take off father's pants, and Pauline's great-grandmother, or grandmother, rather, starts to blow her great-grandfather. After a bit, she starts to ride daddy's cock. Yeah. Gypsy says she makes sure after she satisfied herself that the younger sister had a chance, and we see just that, with the younger sister blowing him. In narration, Gypsy says, Until sunup, the girls continue to satisfy themselves. She notes that he never woke up, and they kept the secret to themselves. Gypsy starts rambling, saying, The past appears again in the future. She explains that Pauline has a lover. She wants some opium.
1: Sounds great.
0: (laughs) Pauline has a lover, a Nigerian princess. Who is credited as Nikala. I don't don't think they refer to her by name.
1: Nigerian princess. Like the scam? I think
0: so. She was getting scammed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She's getting scammed by this Nigerian princess.
0: Well, Gypsy notes in an interesting uh, comment, I was afraid of that black bitch.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Gypsy, as you may have guessed by now, by her name is racist as hell. (laughs)
0: she continues to talk about telling pauline things in her sleep and shit (laughs) she is yeah definitely on her opium trip we see pauline and nicola making out together naked and starting to fondle each other we see them moaning and fingering each other a bit we cut to pauline eating a pear and uh, nicola talks about having nightmares from the first time she starts telling a story about how she left Pauline's apartment one night, and then we see a man is chasing her in a flashy seventies pimpish outfit.
1: Yeah, there's some real good funk going on in the background as he chases her.
0: Yes, uh and uh another guy joins him and they chase after her as she tries to get away. Uh at first she's kind of being subtle and kind of glancing back, but As time goes on, she gets more urgently uh, running. We see them chase her into a building and catch her on a staircase where they slam her head against the steps and start to undress her.
1: This is the most Abel Ferrara thing about this film.
0: Yes, it's very (laughs) Miss 45.
1: Yeah. She
0: grabs a broken Coke bottle and slashes one of them in the face and runs off. The other guy catches her and bends her over a rail and starts to fuck her from behind. So we get some underneath shots and some shots of both of their facial reaction and this rape continues for quite a while.
1: Yeah, it goes on for way too long.
0: We get some shots of him holding a knife to her back and then a cutaway to Pauline and Nicola making love. Uh, we get some shots of them making out as they grind against each other. Uh, the music chills out and we see Nicola going down on Pauline. Uh, this goes on for quite a while with them both getting quite into it with a lot of close ups on the oral. Mm-hmm. They make out more with Nicola fingering Pauline. We get some more shots of them making out. We cut to Pauline now fingering Nicola as they continue to make out. Uh, now with no music. <laughs> but after a little bit, the music kicks back in as Pauline kisses her way down Nicola's chest and down to her crotch.
1: It happens so often in pornography. And it's always such a strange editing choice.
0: What, just the music disappearing? Just cutting out yeah, yeah. like
1: mid-scene, or it cuts out mid-scene and then picks back up maybe like a couple minutes later. Right. It, I don't know what drives those decisions.
0: Um, I don't know.
1: Dollars. Dollar bills.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> we see Pauline going down on Nicola for a bit, and then uh, Gypsy talks about how There have been times that she was so jealous of Pauline, she wouldn't accept her calls or even read her letters. Gypsy explains she wanted to own Pauline, but Pauline couldn't be owned. We see some strange shots of a light and some tarot card close-ups. We see Pauline riding a guy's cock. We get some more voiceover from a Pauline letter. She says that she dreamt about making love to Gypsy last night. And after she closed her eyes, Gypsy was a man. It was different. Gypsy didn't tell her not to sleep with the stable boy or to try to keep her for herself. She just accepted her and they fucked. We get some cutaways to Gypsy wandering topless in the woods kind of wrapped in like a, a sheet or a toga.
1: Yes. You get quite a few of these as the film progresses. Yes.
0: We see Pauline getting fucked missionary by the dude. She says in narration, you were kneeling above me, driving your body into mind. It was the first time you knew what I wanted and you didn't let anyone come between us. I gave myself to you and you took me and kissed me and kissed me and kiss me. And this continues and fades out. We see the guy going down on Pauline. She says, then you started to bite and sink your teeth into me. And she talks about how it felt so good. We get more shots of Gypsy wandering, topless in the woods. And Pauline is sucking and licking her partner's balls. Uh, beautiful ball licker, of course.
1: Of course, but OGs, oh, remember. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We get lots more close-up oral, and uh, the male gypsy in the scene finally comes in Pauline's mouth. Gypsy's wandering more in the woods, and we see some close-up masturbation. I'm
1: gonna get you canceled for saying gypsy so many times. I'm gonna put a supercut <laughs> super together. Great. Yeah, you're over. <laughs> that's how I. Com- that's how I can. Com- to seal control over the students at the Rencoat Institute so is like, just get rid of you. And then I'm the only authority they have.
0: Shit. Yeah.
1: Okay. Your calm, steady hand is no longer needed. Damn it. Yeah. So, or
0: Do you have dirt on everybody else? Is that your thing? I it's got a...
1: dirt pretty much everywhere. <laughs> like on my person, <laughs> in my bed, little crumbs everywhere, you know? Oh, yeah. Some dirt and soil. But yeah, I've got it. I get it everywhere, because I don't... I'm disgusting. (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. We cut to a close-up of a guy coming on a woman's ass and rubbing it in. Gypsy says, I tried to fight the desire, but without coercion, she wouldn't return. No, I must succumb to it. She must succumb to it. We see Gypsy burning the letters in a pot. She says a bunch of mumbo-jumbo to the camera, and she says, There is no reality, except human reality. We see her walk over, and uh, the camera pans, and we see a uh, naked Pauline laid out unconscious. Gypsy calls her sister to awaken her, and says it's been so dark and lonely without her. Pauline looks up at her with a blank look on her face, and it freezes and fades to the credits. During the credits, we get some flashes to Pauline thrashing under those uh, strong white lights that we saw her in earlier, mm-hmm. and that is all nine of the lives of the Wet Pussy.
1: Yes. So they were sisters.
0: Uh, maybe?
1: I think so. I think they were Corsican sisters. I think if you think of it in that way, okay, so much more of what Gypsy says makes sense. Okay but you don't have to think of it that way. You can think of it any way you want.
0: I will choose to think of it in the most absurd way possible.
1: I'm going to take it very literally.
0: Well, I'm going to take a break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on nine lives of a wet
1: pussy. I'm going to take it hard. (laughs)
0: Haven't you been awake for like four hours? I've been awake
1: for, was it six o'clock? I've been awake for about six hours. Okay. Yeah. I woke up, but I go to bed late, wake up late, just living the life that a man would live.
0: I think we're on very different schedules because I have like old man hours. Yeah. Where I wake up at 5 a.m. So I go to bed at like 10.
1: Yeah. I'm always sending you text messages. I don't get responses. Two until about five or six in the morning. Right. (laughs) Insane, harried ideas that I've had. (laughs) Um, But I guess now the only idea that should be present in our minds is doing raincoat reviews.
0: Do you think that we could start getting a raincoat review segment on the local news channels? Yes. Like... Even just like once a week, like Saturday nights on the news, you get like a
1: like an a Ebert f- and Roper. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> Ebert and uh, like Hooper. I think it's one of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be Ebert, and I'm gonna pinch you.
0: Please don't.
1: Little pinches for Ebert. Mm.
0: <laughs> that's,
1: all, that's also one for the OGs. That that Snoop Dog. Uh, patreon episode really changed me
0: <laughs> it certainly did <laughs>
1: Uh, I th- but I'll, I'll go ahead I'll, I'll, I'm gonna get in touch with a uh, station manager after I get my raincoat review okay this will be the last one you can hear on the, uh, the show the rest of the time you'll have to I guess somehow get the recording from uh, our local news affiliate, <laughs> our local Fox affiliate, probably.
0: Uh, um, well, it had to be Fox.
1: He, the only, that's the only one I think would do it, because they used to let Bill Lamb just talk nonsense.
0: <laughs> I think he still does.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch it anymore, but he would always just be up there to like offer his opinion. And he's just the guy who owns the station. He has no, he's got no right. No, he doesn't. But I think he would like us. I think he would like to do some toot with us. It's, do some toot? That's what he calls cocaine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what he calls cocaine. <laughs> I wouldn't because it sounds lame, but... like <laughs> Bill Lamb. He's an older guy. He's conservative, <laughs> you know. He tries to, like, be nonchalant about it by giving it really dumb names.
0: Yeah, he's just going to do a little toot and spend the night with a toot.
1: Yeah. Prostitute. Yeah. I get A toot and it. a toot. It's spelled... It's a...
0: T u t e.
1: Homonym? Homophone? It's one of those. Uh,
0: I don't know. I right. am I knew this at one point.
1: It doesn't matter now. What matters now is tuning a raincoat review eventually. Okay, I'm going to start. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I said at the beginning, I think this is a pretty ambitious kind of film. Yeah. Especially for a directorial debut in the hardcore range, I can definitely think of people who were much less uh, dedicated to the craft who, when they began in uh, a sense of just uh, proper filmmaking, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, this one's like, it's pretty, some of the sex that's shot is, yeah, it's kind of eh, but I think overall it has a pretty good, it's pretty well edited. Yeah. Um, the lighting's solid, I think. There's a quite a few good shots and scenes, some memorable stuff. Uh, and the story that it tells is a, it's kind of like a Damiano light sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, or like, uh, Cecil Howard. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Maybe a little bit, I don't know when his first film was, but, uh, you know what I mean? The, I think if you, uh, I think if you've listened long enough, you have an idea of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're boss, you do because we're corsican brothers we it's have, kind
0: of it's kind of, of a, a memories within miss aggie type of mm-hmm. thing uh yeah. there, there isn't quite as wild of a turn at the end but yeah. still it's uh it's definitely lacking in a few areas compared yeah, to that but, yeah. but i can see the kind of tone of it and it's like framing like stories
1: right yeah it's got like a framing device to it uh does try to have kind of a, a twist ending, which that William Lustig film also did. Maybe <laughs> that's a, maybe that's a mark of, uh, of an auteur. Perhaps. Just trying to begin, just trying to establish some kind of, uh, credibility there by creating a, a shock ending. But I would say.
0: I would say the Ed Wood movie had a shock ending too.
1: I suppose it did. <laughs> I suppose it did.
0: Quite an auteur.
1: Yeah. He's one of the best. But, I would say this film more than uh The Violation of Claudia has a better eye for the erotic and uh a better sense of pornographic storytelling, okay. I would say. Uh though there's less to I don't know, there's probably about the same amount of like material like idea behind it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the same, but this one just presents it in a more ambitious way. Yeah. I don't think there's like more story beats in the violation of Claudia than there are in this, but they're just, they're presented in very uh, different ways. Right. Uh, I would say that it would have been interesting if he had continued on in this genre for a while. I think he probably could have made some very uh, well-regarded films, you know, on the, on par with like some of the other good ones, some of the other greats. I uh, think
0: I could see, like, something with the tone of, like, a corruption out of him or something. Yeah,
1: something like that. Definitely, like, in that field going, like, darker. Uh-huh. Kind of, like, maybe uh, updating the ruffie for a modern audience in a way. Uh, with, like, a little bit more uh, that new Hollywood style to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. on the whole, it is at the end of the day sort of just like a a fuck film like there's not a ton to it
0: yeah yeah
1: and uh i don't think my attention was as fully devoted to it as something like take it out and trade there's more time for your mind to kind of wander off sure um in that sense but it's not a bad debut at all i would say it's probably ranks about three for me overall uh i think if he'd maybe flushed it out just a little bit more, cause it's a pretty short film. It's about 70 minutes. Yeah. I think if he'd gone maybe like 10 minutes more, I think you could have flushed things out a bit and created a better paced story, but for what it is and for what he would become, uh, I think it's a pretty good start.
0: Yeah. I uh, think that it was a, a fun little movie.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I would say that there are some good technical merits to this film. Definitely. I think that it's well shot. I think that the editing is interesting. Like it has a good pace to it and uh it does like kind of play a bit with like showing you different things at the same time, but unlike with uh Take It Out and Trade which feels more like just kind of a a smattering of things being thrown at the camera a lot of the time or thrown to the viewer right um this is more like thematically straightforward and yeah
1: it's a lot more consistent as far as um like i would definitely regard this as kind of like a drama piece yeah it it has that that tone throughout like it doesn't like vary and uh in unpredictable ways like everything is pretty straightforward yeah um And I think the way it's shot and edited all reflects that as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that the... Honestly, the technical aspects are, like, perhaps the greatest part. Um, We get a bit of a character study on Pauline, but that's all we get.
1: Yeah, it's like... I mean, we learn a little bit about Gypsy. You get fragments of stuff, right? That, the, the movie does feel like that way because it is very episodic. It feels fragmentary in a lot of ways. Like it's not quite complete, right? Which I think is what I was trying to get at earlier, and that kind of that's kind of where it stumbles for me. Yeah. Um, I think those episodes could have been better linked in some way. And I said, like, I think maybe like an extra ten or fifteen minutes, you probably could have gotten that through. Yeah, yeah, but. I do like that it it doesn't drag. Yeah. It doesn't drag. It's not the most exciting thing, but it also doesn't drag. I don't know how yeah, to. Yeah, say, It's standard pace. Yes. It doesn't... Uh, it doesn't... Ex- the pacing ex- doesn't hurt the film. I'll say yes. that.
0: It doesn't hurt the film. It It's not like fantastic. It's fine. Uh, I would say that the sex in this film is mostly just fine. Yeah, I do think it's interesting the number of very close up oral shots that are in this movie. Yeah, um, it's different. I like it. Um, yeah,
1: it's you see it sometimes with. Uh, I think I think one big example would be like Barber Broadcast where there's a lot of close up yeah. oral in that.
0: Yeah, uh, but you don't see it a whole lot. Right. Um, usually you get, you, you back up a bit so you can see like an entire head and the the movement and all of that. But this What's is... What's
1: important in those scenes is the Coke spoon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a good point.
1: That's, um, he was manifesting the kind of uh, money that he wanted to make. He's like, I want cocaine money. <laughs> I want cocaine spoon around the neck money. <laughs> I want to be a bad lieutenant.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, this movie on a lot of levels didn't, like, thrill me. Right. But at the same time, it was competent. It was interesting. Uh, I would watch it again. I would also give it three stars. Yeah. Um, it's it's decent enough. It's worth checking out if you're going to pull up the stars of the Hollywood Walk of Fame and yeah. look at all the dirt underneath the rocks. All the centipedes. All the centipedes. <laughs>
1: mm, the little potato potato pill bugs you know roly-poly
0: yeah, yeah you're gonna you, slurp up all the roly-polies you might as well slurp this one up too.
1: get those night crawlers and big fat <laughs> juicy worms that's yeah. mainly why i was turning up the stars it wasn't to like hurt people <laughs> i didn't mean to kill the rest of the cast of porkies <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that bu- there was a bus accident i believe Was there? Yeah, it killed them all (laughs) on 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 Tuesday. Okay. (laughs) Um, and they—I just got a report that a a second, a second Brandon has been shot. (laughs) They killed them both. Oh boy! Uh, It was Brandon Lee. (laughs) They got him again.
0: They got him again. Oh God! All right. Well. There we go. That was the raincoat report. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at raincoat report. Uh, Patreon.com slash raincoat report if you want to help fund Jeremy's cult. Uh, we or put my up
1: opium addiction.
0: <laughs> or his opium addiction. Um, this past week we put up an episode where we talked about Snoop Dogg's doggy style from 2001.
1: Yes. A piece of, uh, Music history not to be missed.
0: Exactly. Uh, what a wonderful, delightful film video. Film video. <laughs> it was a
1: film video, wasn't it? Um. It was filmed with video.
0: It was. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to our podcast. It's
1: like an episode of Cribs where no one wears pants.
0: Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's quite a film video.
1: It's quite... Quite, quite, quite.
0: So if you're going over to Snoop Dogg's house to hang out and play PlayStation, don't forget your raincoat.
1: It's not the right movie.
0: Oh. Well, this is what we were just talking about. If you're Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy, don't forget your raincoat, because it's wet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.